and I'm thrilled to be joined in the studio by Cruzanne McCalligan, who is here with her freshly laid audio <laughs> column. That's a hint, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Cruzy. Yeah, that was a pun. That was, that a, was pun. a pun. But it wasn't a um, not a direct pun. It right? was. It was a. It was a bird pun, not a. Um, other kind of pun. Yes. So we're talking about um, we're talking about Gallus Gallus domesticus today. Gallus Gallus domesticus. Yep. What on earth? It sounds like some kind of cleaner. Yes. So the Gallus Gallus domesticus is the chicken. We're the talking chicken. about the chicken. I'm talking about chickens. And why am I talking about chickens? Because I've been doing this column a long time, Karen. And every week I have to think of something else to talk about. So I sit in a space and I look around the space and I see something I haven't talked about before. And you saw chickens. I saw chickens. Oh, I didn't actually. I wasn't in like a in farm your mind. environment. In your mind. I was having a chicken sandwich. Um, so, um, so, ch- so chickens. So we're talking about chickens, which are quite fascinating, actually. Mm. They're kind of a really interesting thing. If we think about them, I mean, like their meat is obviously what most people are familiar with yeah. when it comes to chickens. Yes. Um, and it's not really, you know, people are not like, God, I just love chicken. Like, it's quite a, True. It's quite a it's neutral meat. It's a vehicle for other flavours, I suppose. Pedestrian of yeah. meat. Yeah, it's quite a pedestrian meat, really. But the, the actual history of the bird, the chicken, the Gallus Gallus domesticus, which is what I think we should all call it now. We should say, I, could I please have um, a Gallus Gallus domesticus toasted sandwich, um, is a domestic subspecies of... Um, now, this is... Okay, before I even say this, where do you think the chicken came from? Asia? Yep, that's um, right. Not China. Well, no. no, no, not China. But they we, they found a lot of archaeological evidence of them in China. But origi- originally, they think it came from kind of the jungles of Southeast Asia. Ooh, the Gallus really? Gallus originus, basically. It was like the, <laughs> was this kind of this chicken, this this red jungle fowl, which was a member of the pheasant family and was native to Asia. Um, but they've also found that there was the grey jungle fowl and that contributed to the chicken's evolution. So in a funny way, when we look at evolution, in the same way we look at human evolution, we think, okay, there are homo sapiens and then there are Neanderthals. And we think, a lot of people think like a Neanderthal is a primitive type of human being, but actually there's actually this whole spectrum of different species and they interbred and that's kind of how we emerged, right? right? It's kind of like that with the chicken. Oh. So we have that kind of thing. Chicken's got a bit of an interesting history as well. Now, what's interesting is that it was probably first domesticated because obviously animals don't just appear in pens. They, we put them in pens. Yes, and they we, just go like, I think yeah. I'll come live with you, yeah, human. <laughs> exactly. I think I'd quite like to be domesticated. Um, so they basically, um, they're actually probably first domesticated for the purpose of cockfights, not as food. Really? And they actually think they were originally, you know, as, which just as makes... entertainment. We're pretty, we're, we're look, as human beings, we've got a sordid history, Karen. We did some wacko things. We still do some wacko things. True. So, um, but, um, so they think that's probably why it was originally domesticated. And interestingly, they aren't completely flightless, which is what a lot of us think. Oh, I was going to, I was wondering whether you were going to tell us about that. Yeah, they're not completely flightless. They can get airborne enough to make it over a fence or into a tree. And the Gallus Gallus domesticus, once upon a time, when Darwin, because we're going to talk about Darwin soon, Darwin studied chickens a lot. Uh-huh. He was really interested in chickens, um, you know, thinking about evolution. Um, when he was looking at the Gallus Gallus uh, junglus, um, he, he noted that they, at the end of the day they would launch themselves up into a tree and they would roost in trees overnight. Mm. So, you know, they were actually less of a, you know, because now we think of like they the fox think- and the tr- chicken coop and stuff, yes. you know, they're, they're quite a vulnerable animal yes. on the farmyard from cats and stuff like that. But they used to just hop up into a tree at night and that was their, their natural behaviour, yeah. their natural, um, yeah, exactly. Um, they're also omnivores. So they, they eat seeds and insects, but they'll also eat small, larger prey like small rice, um, small rice, uh, small mice and lizards. 
Mm, which I never really think about a chicken eating a eating another animal eating another animal yeah. but they are they're omnivores and with we've got 25 billion chickens in the world so there wow. are more of them than there are any other bird species really which is kind of mind-blowing that there's a lot of chickens that, that's a lot it's a lot of chickens um um so it's so of course we and also I like the um origins of this so we think about you've got chickens, you've got your hens, you've got your roosters. Right. So um, a rooster is a... Um, so uh, roosters are male chickens, okay? Now, if a rooster announce, will announce to a flock of chickens that he's found food, he'll say, tuk, 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 tuk. That's what... It, when a rooster makes that noise, it means, I found some food, I found some food, really? I found some food. Yeah. But interestingly, um, if the hens already know that there's food, they'll just ignore them. They're like, okay. that's cool, man. We, we know. <laughs> We've already found the food, which I think is really funny. And apparently... They have a little dance that they do where they make these sounds, these food calls, and they move their head up and down and they pick up and they drop bits of food and they just kind of look, I found the food, I found the food, hey, don't you want to hang out with me kind of thing. Um, and that's, that little dance is called tidbitting. Tidbit, that's the whole head yeah, ch- yeah, chicken yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 tidbitting, which is funny because I use the term tidbit all the time. It's one of my favourite little things to say like, oh, look, a couple of tidbits, right. you know, but apparently that's where, you know, that's tidbitting. your term. Tidbitting. Um, now, they, uh, of course... When we talk about chickens and um, evolution, it's interesting to think about the history of the chicken. And um, we can go all the way back to um, a side of a road in ancient Greece in the first decade of the 5th century BC. So this is a long time ago. I'm picturing it in my mind. (laughs) It's a long time ago. And um, there's a kind of a story that we have, which is about the Athenian general Themistocles, who on his way to confronting the invading Persian forces, so they were on their way to confront Persian forces, they stopped to see these two cockerels fighting. Um, And he summoned his troops and he said, Behold, these do not fight for their household gods, for the monuments of their ancestors, for glory, for liberty, or for the safety of their children, but only because one will not give way to the other. And interestingly, as you probably note, there's no, this is a very weird metaphor. <laughs> Nobody really understands what he was trying to say right. with that. It doesn't really describe what happened to the loser or why the soldiers should think that this instinctive aggression is inspirational as opposed yeah. to very pointless and depressing. Yes. So that, but it's a very well-known anecdote. Um, but history says that, you know, the Greeks were very <laughs> roused by this. Chickens fighting for no reason um, and went on to repel the invaders and preserve the civilization that today you know, eats those things in f- as fried chicken buckets, right? So, but apparently that they say that the chicken saved Western civilization yeah, so because it's a cornerstone of it's philosophy. A, yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that you know, because they saw these fighting chickens, they fought their f- toughest fight, and they, you know, they created the f- foundations of Western civilization. So, you may not think of the chicken as that, but apparently that is, you know, it's got a lot to answer it is for. An inspiring animal. That's in what that, it did. Yeah, case. just by having a stupid fight. Um, but of course, it's quite an interesting thing in terms of it's quite um, it's a ubiquitous food in so many different cultures. Right. It's true. Actually, is there any culture that doesn't eat chicken? Except vegetarians, vegetarian and vegans, cultures, right? yeah, yeah, I think um, it's quite acceptable to like, I think all so. religions. Right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's not really a, but but it has been worshipped a lot as well. Mm. So that um, you've seen um, um, they actually find that if we look in uh, sort of biblical references, the um, the rooster plays a small but crucial role in the Gospels in helping to fulfil the prophecy that Peter would deny Jesus before the cock crows, um, and of course. That's because right. of this, yeah. So that um, in the ninth century, Pope Nicholas I, helping, um, he he decreed that a figure of a rooster should be placed atop every church as a reminder of that incident, which is why so many churches still have cockerel-shaped weather vanes. 
Ah, yeah, which you never really think about. Yeah. But of course, we don't really in Hong Kong. We don't tend don't, to go to a lot of churches with weather vanes anyway. So yeah, so it it, it it does have this incredible um, incredible significance, and it is a sacred animal in some some cultures the um the hen has always been a symbol of nurturance and fertility you know mother hen mm-hmm. we've got a lot of things you know and and even just even the eating so even if you're like okay fine not even respecting it just as a living being you know we don't say clam chowder for the soul we say chicken soup chicken for the soup soul. soul you know That's there's true. something comforting about chicken chicken um i mean in uh, eggs were hung in egyptian temples to ensure a bountiful river flood um you know the the lusty rooster was a universal signifier of virility so they used to you know that used to be this this really big thing and for the romans the chickens uh uh kill uh, the chicken the killing killing aspects of the chicken um were very fortune telling so seeing how chickens behaved they used to kind of um you know like they have that octopus that guesses the the, the results of the football yes, and stuff yes. you know and it puts yeah that's you know, right the sheep there's like a lot of them like a clairvoyant yeah chicken. one of those sorts of things yeah so so what they used to think is they used to think that chickens were had these sort of mystical powers to foretell the future so chickens accompanied roman armies and their behavior was carefully observed before battle and a good appetite if the if the chickens had a good appetite it meant victory was likely Mm. Um, so according to the writings of Cicero when one contingent of birds refused to eat before a sea battle in 249 BC an angry consul just threw them overboard and then they apparently (laughs) that consul was defeated so he's like if you're not gonna you're not gonna eat I'm not gonna carry you on my mission um, so yeah the chickens were right the chickens were right, right but um obviously they no one listened to them it didn't seem to matter that much um but it's interesting when we think about um because there's several you know like even people who and like people who are vegetarian for the ethical reasons mm. for example yeah. and we think okay and there's some things like i tend to buy free-range chicken and i buy free-range eggs they're things i just won't compromise on right. like i just you think about battery farming yes. and you think i just it just doesn't sit well and if you can make the choice you should make the choice like there's something even though it seems ignorant because you know you're Eating, still eating, eating it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's, you know, it's a band aid for the <laughs> for your conscience. For a, yeah, for a conscience. But um, but interestingly, um, when we look at kind of this idea of like factory farming and farming the chicken, domesticating the chicken, it has incredibly ancient roots. So um, the Egyptians were some of the first to construct kind of vast incubation complexes. So they were um, they arrived in chickens arrived in Egypt about 250 years after they were in kind of Greece mm-hmm. and Rome, and they uh, they were obviously they started as fighting birds. So they weren't always rolled out as a food source. Mm. Chickens they were mainly like a look. If we get two of them together, they get angry and they pointlessly fight um, apparently that's very entertaining amazing um, and so the um, so you'd find artistic depictions of the chickens in royal tombs which is bizarre because you don't think it's a very you know if we were just paint your house yeah. with images of the chicken you'd yeah. think someone's a bit strange um, but of course um, this was an era where um, Egyptians mastered the technique of artificial incubation so basically um, most chicken eggs will hatch in about three weeks okay. from when they're there birthed is. delivered Laid. Laid. <laughs> That's the word. Like, Thanks, Karen. <laughs> um, but only if the temperature is kept constant at about 99 to 105 degrees Fahrenheit, 
height and if the relative humidity stays close to 55%. So really like the proper, like, you know, underside of a chicken conditions. Yes, exactly. Um, and then, of course, they also have to be turned three to five, five times a day. Otherwise, and I didn't know this, uh, physical deformities can really? result in, so, the, wait, in the chicken. So hens are turning the eggs while yeah, they're sitting on them? as they're sitting on them, yeah. Wow. And as they kind of cluck around, I guess they're just like, you know, doing that. Um, but of course, the Egyptians, so the Egyptians started this incredible, these incredible incubation complexes made up of hundreds of sort of ovens. And each oven was a large chamber, which led to a series of corridors that allowed um, attendants to regulate the heat from fires that fueled by sort of like straw and camel poo, mm. the kind of, you know, yeah. your standards. And then the egg attendants, um, they would keep, the, they'd do this thing where they'd rotate the eggs so that the chickens were free to lay more eggs. Oh. They didn't have to tend to those eggs. Okay. So they were farming eggs and making more chickens and everything else. And they kept this a secret from, from um, other outsiders for centuries. Really? It was like this, it was quite incredible. It's an amazing innovation in terms of agriculture. Yeah, actually, that long ago, it's incredible. Farming, and they kept it a secret for a really, really long time. Um, but of course, uh, you know, they did, of course, chickens did make their way into the appetites of many other cultures. Um, interestingly, when I was researching this, I came across the fact that um, chickens were a delicacy among the Romans. So mm -hmm. eventually after they stopped thinking fighting they were them. Yeah, fighting them and throwing them overboard for not, you know, saying they're going to win. Um, they had uh, some of the Romans culinary inventions, uh, innovations include the omelette. Uh-huh. Was, okay. was a Roman invention, the omelette, and also the practice of stuffing birds for cooking. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, so that's, um, which is quite interesting, you know, yeah. like if you think about it, it's like, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. put something inside the bird. Let's <laughs> put something inside the bird. Um, but of course, it's interesting because then um, they used to think about different ways to fatten the bird. So they would try soaking bread in wine and giving it to them. They'd try cumin seeds and barley and lizard fat. Like they just try everything to like plump up these chickens. Um, but of course, interestingly, um, there's always been an interesting uh sort of relationship between government and how luxurious or how opulent your population is. Mm -hmm. And so the Roman Republic um, in 161 BC limited chicken consumption to one per meal, um, presumably for the whole table, not for per for individual. Person, right, but yes. I wouldn't put it past Roman excess to say right. people were eating a whole chicken or more a day true, themselves. True. Um, and of course, um, practical Roman cooks also found that castrating roosters caused them to fatten on their own. Um, which created a whole other creature but also i'm like what is it with this generation just castrating things yeah, and thinking like exactly. what will happen let's i'm like well, let's just, do you have to find out is that really is that really a big burning question also i believe chicken balls are really tiny yeah, yeah i'm not gonna <laughs> not i'm not gonna think to... about the actual I've, I've i've stopped my mind at that point um but of course it's really hard to to think that there's this incredible history behind uh, chickens. And also people will say, because I have a lot of friends in New Zealand who have chickens. They keep chickens yeah. in their backyard. You're allowed to do that there. You can get, you can adopt a chicken from the SPCA in New Zealand and take it home. Just be at like home a, in, your, like in, in your coop. Yeah. yeah. And, and people say they make wonderful pets. Um, and, and that's the thing is that we think of these chickens as, as quite, um, you know, these stupid animals, right. but they're not. They've proven that chickens can um, remember up to 100 human faces. Wow. So they're not as stupid as we, we seem to think they are, right? I mean, we, I think it's just because there's so many of them. Maybe we just think it's like, you know, they're, yeah. they're just not as... They don't display like affectionate behavior. Well, maybe they, maybe if you had one and it was your pet, it would. But in general, we don't see them as 
sort yeah. of having human bonds. Well, I mean, it depends how much time you've spent with a chicken. <laughs> Have you so. spent a lot of time with a chicken? I, I wouldn't. Know. I wouldn't know if a chicken was that affectionate. I had a pet rat when I was at university. I wouldn't think rats were affectionate. It was quite affectionate. So I think it's about like it, when you have to spend time mm. with an animal, right? But True. I mean, I'm not saying everyone go out and hug a chicken because that might not be possible. Um, but yeah, it's quite also, a, it's, bird flu. Bird flu, yes, and that's a really big one. So avian flu is responsible for, um, is extremely contagious and makes can make sick, um, chickens very sick and kill them. And the highly pathogenic form of the disease can kill off 90 to 100% of birds in a flock in just 48 hours. Wow. So if we think about our own flu pandemics and how dangerous they are to human beings, the avian flu is really, it's, really dangerous. Yeah, it's you know, really it's deadly. incredible that it's really, you know. 48 hours is incredible. 48 hours. Well, I can can see them running out of time but i have a couple of quotes we can finish okay, on today yes. um so um this is a um an uh from the writer isaac beshevis singer who said i did not become a vegetarian for my health i did it for the health of the chickens that was quite good <laughs> and this is an excerpt from a book by douglas adams the author where they talk about um uh, eating uh, a chicken that had been living on an island with a group of people. He says, um, despite the fact that an Indonesian island chicken has probably had a much more natural life than one raised on a battery farm in England, people who wouldn't think twice about buying something oven ready become much more up upset about a chicken that they've been on a boat with. So there is probably buried in the Western psyche a deep taboo about an eating anything you've been introduced to socially. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's really true. I think it's very true to say, you know, we have a big disconnect between the packet of meat yes. in plastic wrap in a supermarket and the animal it came from. Yeah. So if you don't see the animal's face and hear its voice, you're okay with eating it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um but yeah, but the chicken. I've got new uh, respect for chicken after yeah, researching this show. Really and I'm just amazed that people were fighting them before they were eating them. Yeah. It's like yeah. it didn't occur to you that you could eat this, but no. let's fight them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that that actually does make sense to me. Right. Okay. True. True. Well, Chris, yes. that was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I did have chicken for dinner last night, and I had the leftovers for lunch well, today. Well, that's good. So, Waste not, whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Thanks again for <laughs> no coming problem. in. I'll see you again next week. Yep. Bye. And that was Cruzanne McCalligan with her audio column all about chickens, which was pretty fascinating.